0: And Lord, pleading his blood for us, and we thank you for that hope and assurance that we have because of the finished work of Jesus, that he has died for our our sins, that he has risen from the dead, and he ever lives to make intercession for us, Lord. And we pray that would be a source of help and hope for us this day. Lord, we also thank you that you have sent to us the Holy Spirit, that you have come to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit enables us to stand before you with clean hands and pure heart, and to lift up our hands to worship you and to pray and to seek your grace and your help as we live in difficult and trying days. And Lord, we also do pray for those that are in authority over us, Lord. We pray for, uh, uh, for every level of those that you have given authority and Lord, we pray first and foremost that you would draw them to yourself, that you would grant them repentance of sin, that you would grant them faith in Jesus, that you would give them new life by the power of the Holy Spirit, because we know that truth and wisdom comes from your spirit, the spirit of truth, so that they may be wise and, and, uh, and make good decisions and to lead us in ways that would enable us as your people, your church, to live quiet and peaceable lives. And Lord, we pray that those in authority over us would fulfill your function of punishing evildoers and creating an environment for those who do good to live peaceable and quiet lives and to lift up holy hands in worship to you. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for his empowerment, and we thank you that he enables us to stand before you with clean hands and pure hearts, and to offer you worship that is in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray that you would be pleased with our worship, that it would be exalting to Christ, and that we would be conformed to his image. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Right, I'm going to invite you to take out your hymnal and turn with me to hymn 380. All right, as we continue to worship, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. Last week, we looked at Paul and Silas being released from prison. They were suffering unjustly, but they responded to their unjust suffering, their mistreatment, the violation of their rights with prayer and praise. And God responded to their prayer and praise by opening the doors of the prison in order to open the doors for the gospel. And the jailer and all of his household heard and believed the gospel and were added to the church, baptized and added to the church, and now we see an open door for Paul and Silas to depart from Philippi in peace. And so Acts chapter 16, beginning in the 35th verse, we believe Luke is writing these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's a companion of Paul, an eyewitness of the, these events. But more importantly, we believe that Luke is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that he writes for us the very Word of God, the very words of God, words that are profitable For us. And so Acts chapter 16, verse 35 And when it was day, the magistrates sent to the officers, saying, Let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported those words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrate, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to stand before your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. You have spoken to us in a way that is perfect without error. You've spoken to us in a way that's profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness that we might be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good word, we thank you that your word is sufficient. And Lord, we recognize your word is perfect, it is profitable, it is sufficient. We also recognize our understanding of it is often limited, and we are dependent upon your Holy Spirit to teach us truth, to lead us into truth, to help us believe and understand the truth, and then by your grace help us to walk in truth. And Lord, we pray for wisdom as we evaluate open doors. And that we might evaluate every open door and light of the gospel. And that we might do that which advances the good news of Jesus. That accomplishes the mission to make disciples. And that we might not go through open doors that might be a hindrance to the gospel. We pray that you grant us wisdom by the power of your Holy Spirit to do that which is pleasing in your sight and will advance your kingdom, and advance the good news of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. You know, Acts chapter 16 is a book that talks about open and closed doors. We spent about five weeks studying through Acts chapter 16, and we've seen open and closed doors. Uh, The door was open for a second missionary journey for Paul and and Silas, Barnabas, and Mark went off another direction, and Paul took Silas and, uh, and set out. They had an open door. They had been commissioned by the elders and the brethren and the apostles in Jerusalem, given a letter to go to the Gentiles who were turning to Christ and encourage them and to, uh, uh, to explain to them the life change that comes from repentance and faith. So they had an open door, a commission from the church at Jerusalem to go on this ...mission trip, and they also had an open door to go back to the churches in Galatia... ...that Paul and Barnabas had established on the first missionary journey. Uh, As they went back through Galatia to strengthen and encourage those churches... ...that had been planted on the first journey. And in Galatia, Timothy joined the team and found an open door to go with them... ...as they continued on this missionary journey. But after they went to Galatia and strengthened and encouraged the churches there... They uh, found a closed door in Asia. The Holy Spirit did not permit them to preach the gospel in Asia. So they looked toward Bithynia and the Spirit of Christ did not allow them to go there. There was a closed door to Bithynia. And so they went to the port city and there God opened the door for them to go to Macedonia. And the primary ...a uh, key city of Macedonia, the city of Philippi... ...and there Luke found an open door and he joins the team. So now it's Paul and Silas, Timothy and Luke... ...and they go to Macedonia, the premier city, a Roman colony of Philippi. And when they got to Philippi... ...God opened the door of the heart of Lydia in her household to heed the words that were spoken by Paul, the gospel. He opened her heart. He opened the door of her heart. She responded with repentance and faith in her household. And they were baptized. And the church at Philippi was established. There was an open door for the church. And then Lydia opened the door of her house for the, for the missionaries to come and stay there and for the church to meet in her house. God had opened and closed many doors. He'd opened the door for the establishment of the first church in Europe, there in Philippi. And after they had been there for a little time, uh, they opened, God opened the door. Uh, uh, a woman, a slave girl, a young girl, was possessed by a spirit of divination. She was a slave, and she was in bondage to her masters, but she was also in bondage to Satan, the forces of evil. And God opened the door for her deliverance, and the demon was cast out of her. And then uh, that led to doors of prison closing on Paul and Silas. Those who uh, owned that slave girl had made a lot of money from her spirit of divination and her fortune telling. And when the demon came out of her, they realized that the door to their prophet had been closed. And they drugged Paul and Silas before the magistrates and stirred up the mob against them. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods and put in prison, and the prison doors closed on Paul and Silas. They had been treated unjustly. They had not gotten due process. They were not able to examine their accusers. And the doors of the prison closed on them, and they responded to those closed doors with prayer and praise. And God responded to their prayers and their praise by opening the prison doors. He sent an earthquake The prison doors were open, the chains fell off of them. And that opened the door for the gospel. For the jailer, the keeper of the prison, to hear and to believe the gospel. To be converted and all of his household and to be baptized and to be added to the church. We have seen in Acts chapter 16 the theme of closed and open doors. And in our text today, we see the door opens for them to leave Philippi in peace. And so uh, the next morning, the text tells us in verse 35, after that earthquake, the magistrates send to the keeper of the prison to let these men go, to let Paul and Silas go. Some, for some reason, overnight, they had had a change of heart. The day before, they ordered Paul and Silas to be stripped and to be beaten and to be put in the interior of the prison behind locked and closed doors and chained to the wall, but something happened overnight that changed their mind. Perhaps it was the earthquake, or perhaps it was just the fact that they recognized that an injustice had been done, that the mob had been stirred up by these owners of that slave girl The mob had been incited and just demanded that they be punished. And the magistrates, fearing a riot... ...and being committed to the peace of Rome... ...more than to justice, more than to truth, more than to right... ...they ordered them to be stripped and beaten and put into prison. And maybe overnight they had realized that an injustice had been done. And the best thing for the city and for the peace of Rome would be for Paul and Silas to quietly leave Philippi. Their presence might cause another riot. And so what needed to happen, they needed to be let out of prison because they weren't there justly. They just needed to go in peace. And so the door opened for Paul and Silas to leave Philippi in peace. And even the jailer who had washed their stripes, who had invited them into his home and and set food before them, Perhaps he saw that this open door was an answer to prayer. And so he comes and he says, uh, the keeper of prison, verse 36, reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go, therefore depart and go in peace. So the Philippian jailer, the keeper of the prison, recognized that this was an open door, this was an opportunity, and encouraged Paul and Silas to go in peace, to go in peace quietly and so as this narrative plays out we see god or we see that a door is open for paul and silas to depart philippi in peace but then we see paul refused to go through that open door paul refused to go through the door we see in verse 37 paul said to them they have beaten us openly uncondemned romans And have thrown us into prison, and now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed, let them come themselves and get us out. So Paul recognized that this open door would be a hindrance to the gospel. Paul and Silas had been publicly accused. They had been drugged before the magistrates. The the mob was there, and the mob was yelling for them to be punished. And the magistrates denied them due process. They were not able to give a defense. They were not even able to give a minute to say, we are Roman citizens. They weren't able to confront their accusers. They weren't able to to present evidence that they were innocent. They had been publicly accused and publicly condemned. They had been publicly stripped and beaten and everyone saw them go to the prison. And so now Paul knows if he leaves secretly that that could be a hindrance to the gospel. Everyone would assume that justice was done the day before. That they were lawbreakers. That they deserved to be stripped and beaten with rods and put in prison. If they're not able to... Uh, To be publicly declared innocent, people would just assume that the magistrates were right, that justice was done, and that Paul and Silas had violated the law and done something worthy of being stripped and beaten with rods and put into prison. And so Paul knew that they had been publicly accused, and if they left secretly, they would not be publicly vindicated, publicly acquitted, publicly declared to be innocent. And maybe as they went to the next town, maybe they would be seen as fugitives. Maybe everyone in the next town would feel like they had deserved to be in prison and they escaped because of the earthquake and they might be pursued by bounty hunters as they went from the next city to to city to city. And there would be a hindrance to the gospel. They would not be free to preach the gospel if they left secretly without being found to be cleared of the charges that had been levied against them. So they did not, they refused to go through that open door. They did not want to hinder the gospel. But even more significantly, Paul and Silas had been publicly accused and condemned, beaten with rods, put in prison. Well, what about the infant church in Philippi? The church that was meeting at Lydia's house, Lydia and her household, and now the prison keeper and and his household, and we don't know how many other believers had been added to that church during the time that Paul and Silas were there. But what about that infant church? If Paul and Silas, who established that church, were thought to be criminals and fugitives from justice, rightly stripped and beaten and imprisoned, what would that mean for the church, the infant church? If they were obedient to the command to make disciples, if they were obedient to uh, 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 the charge, the purpose of a local church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ, maybe they would be accused of the same thing when they talk to their friends, their neighbors, their co-workers, their family members about Jesus. Maybe the magistrates would be emboldened And those believers doing the same thing that Paul and Silas did, talking about Jesus declaring the way of salvation, calling people to turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ alone, calling for people to to turn from their idols and to trust in Jesus, maybe the members of that infant church would now be seen as lawbreakers and treated the same way that Paul and Silas were drugged before the magistrate, stripped and beaten and thrown into prison. And so Paul evaluated the open door in light of the gospel and in light of the mission of the church. It is the mission of the church to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the mission of the church To say that all people are dead in trespasses and sin... ...and hopeless and helpless and unable to save themselves... ...that their pagan gods can't save them. Religious activity and ceremonies can't save them. We are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We are dead in sin and trespasses... ...but God became a man in Christ Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life and died on the cross... ...to take the penalty that we deserve... ...and God raised him from the dead... ...to show that sacrifice was accepted. And the risen Lord builds his church and tells his church that their mission, their job is to make disciples. To teach them the way of salvation by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and to lead them as as, uh, they led Lydia and the Philippian jailer's family, their households, to follow him in believers' baptism, to publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. Make disciples by baptizing them and by teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded. Spreading the gospel, advancing the kingdom, telling people about Jesus, that he is the only way of salvation. And if Paul and Silas left secretly, the people in Philippi might interpret that as a criminal act. As an act worthy of punishment. Being stripped and beaten and thrown into prison. Unless... Paul and Silas were publicly declared innocent. They had been publicly accused, publicly beaten, publicly thrown in jail. And so now they needed to be publicly declared to be innocent in the interest of the advancement of the gospel. And so this tells us, you know, we should evaluate every open door. Not every open door is from God. Not every open door is something that we should go through. We need to evaluate every single open door in light of the gospel and in light of the mission of the church. Open doors for us individually, opportunities that we might have to do something or go somewhere or to relocate or to change careers or even retirement. We evaluate those doors in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the opportunity to advance the gospel. Is that door something that might be convenient for me, that might be comfortable for me, that might be the easiest for me. The easiest for thing for Paul and Silas would be to leave town secretly, but that would be a hindrance to the gospel, and so Paul refused. And then the same thing for us as a church. If there are open doors for us as a church, we need to evaluate those open doors, not in light of comfort or ease or convenience, but in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the mission of the church to make disciples to preach the gospel, to baptize believers, and to teach them to observe everything Christ has commanded. All open doors need to be evaluated in light of the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom of God, and not our personal interests. Not every open door is a door that we should go through. We need to examine those in light of the gospel. And so as this, these events play out, There is an open door for Paul and Silas to leave Philippi secretly. But Paul refuses to go through that open door... ...because he believes it will be a hindrance to the gospel... ...and it will make make it more difficult, if not impossible... ...for the church at Philippi to accomplish its mission. So Paul refuses to go through that open door. He refuses to leave secretly. And he demands that the magistrates come themselves... ...and get us out. They had been publicly accused... ...publicly punished. They now needed to be publicly declared... ...innocent. Acquitted. That they had done nothing wrong. Justice needs to be public. And so he demanded that the magistrates come publicly... ...and let them out. So a door was open for them to leave the city secretly... Paul refused to go through that open door because he believes it was a hindrance to the gospel. And then we see the magistrates come and open the door wider and open the door publicly. And so uh, verse verse 38, the officers told these words to the magistrates and and they were afraid when they had heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So the magistrates here, The report, oh, these were Roman citizens. We have made a big mistake. We got so caught up in the the riot and the mob and the and their cries and their demands. And we were afraid that there was going to be a riot, that there would be a violation of the peace of Rome. That we did not give these men an opportunity to to mount a defense, to have due process, or even the few seconds that it would take for them to say, I am a citizen of Rome which would mean that they would have more rights and and privileges. And the magistrates realized because they had publicly beaten and locked up Roman citizens that they could be in very big trouble. They had themselves violated the laws of Rome and the rights of Roman citizens, and they were afraid. They'd been so caught up in the the mob and the intensity of the moment and the desire to keep the peace and satisfy the, the crowd that they had denied these Roman citizens due process. The opportunity to prevent a defense or even the few seconds to say we are citizens of Rome and they were afraid. And so they came and begged with them and brought them out. So now Paul and Silas are brought out publicly. They had been accused publicly. They had been beaten publicly. They had been publicly taken into the prison. And now they are brought into public. And the magistrates publicly declare that they had done nothing wrong. They had done nothing that justified them being thrown into prison. And so they were publicly vindicated. They had been publicly accused and now the magistrates were forced to publicly vindicate them so that all the people in the town would know that Paul and Silas had done nothing wrong. They were declaring the way of salvation. God was opening the hearts of people to the gospel and that is not a crime. That is not a violation of the law of Rome. And so Paul and Silas are Declared to be innocent, that they had done nothing wrong, they had done nothing to deserve this treatment, but their presence would still be disruptive, so they begged them to leave their city. And this would help that infant church as they did the same thing that Paul and Silas did proclaim the way of salvation. That salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And as they baptized new believers in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the magistrates were forced to declare, that's not illegal. It is not a violation of the law. It is not worthy of being beaten with rods and thrown into prison. And so the public vindication of Paul and Silas would open the door for the advancement of the gospel through that church at Philippi. And so, the door is open for them to leave peaceably. Paul sees that that will be a hindrance to the gospel, so he refuses to go through that open door. He demands that the magistrates come and publicly open the door for them to leave so that they will be declared innocent, that an injustice had been done, and there he did nothing worthy of prison, and the magistrates were letting them go, sending them away so that it would help the advancement of the gospel in future cities and right there in Philippi. That open door was evaluated in light of the gospel and the mission of the church. And then fourth, we see that Paul went through that open door after he had accomplished the mission. After he had done what he needed to do. So the magistrates come and declare them to be innocent and tell them to leave, that they are free to go, that they have done nothing wrong, nothing worthy of being in prison. But before Paul leaves, what does he do? Verse 40, they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia, where the church was meeting, and when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them, and then they departed. And so Paul and Silas came to the house of Lydia, where the church was meeting, and met those new believers and encouraged them and told them that they had been found innocent of the charges that had been against them. And they encouraged the church to persevere and endure. And to be faithful to the mission of the church. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That He alone is the, he is the only way to salvation. And we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we might be saved. And to advance the gospel to baptize new believers, to teach them to observe everything that Christ had commanded. He encouraged them. He encouraged them to persevere and endure, even in hostile territory, even in a hostile city, even in the same city where they had been beaten and imprisoned. Be faithful. Be faithful to the truth. Be faithful to the gospel. Be faithful to make disciples the mission of the church. He encouraged them. And then after he had encouraged them, then he went through that open door, then he departed. And so he departed after he had accomplished the mission. And you know what? We find out later that that church became a prosperous and healthy church. And that church partnered with Paul in the gospel from this moment on. And we know that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when Paul is in prison again later, he's in prison, but the church at Philippi sends a gift to Paul while he is in prison. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul takes his pen in his hand and he writes a letter to them to thank them for their partnership in the gospel from the beginning until now. So, Paul got imprisoned in Philippi. He got set free. He went through an open door. He preached the gospel and he's in prison again. What what does the church at Philippi do? They send a gift to him to support him in his ministry and to support him in his need. And Paul writes to them the book of Philippians as a thank you note. And, uh, You know, when we did Acts 14 and we looked at the planning of the Galatian churches, we stopped the book of Acts and we went and looked at that letter that he wrote to the church at Galatians. We're not going to do that with Philippi because in 2016 we studied through the book of Philippians, so we're not going to do that again. We're going to go straight to Thessalonica in 17. But it is important to know that that the book of Philippians was written to this church in Philippi. He encourages them and then they partner with him in the gospel And even in Thessalonica, which is the next place he'll go in Acts 17, they supported him from that moment on until he was in prison in Philippians. And so Paul evaluated the open doors according to the mission of the church and the advancement of the gospel, and he did not leave Philippi until he went and encouraged the church. He encouraged the church and departed, and then that church became an encouragement and a partner with Paul to the end of his days. And so we see God's glory. God opening and closing doors for His glory and for the advancement of the gospel. And so, not every open door is a door that we should go through. Just because a door is open doesn't mean that it's God's will that we go through it. We might have lots of opportunity, but we need to evaluate that opportunity in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the mission of the church and the mission of his people. If I go through that door, will it be a hindrance to the gospel? Am I going through that door just because it's easy for me just to leave town secretly? Am I going through that door because of my comfort or my flesh or my needs or I think that that's something that's going to prosper me here? Or will that door, going through that door, be an advancement of the gospel, an advancement of the mission of the church? Every single door needs to be evaluated in light of the gospel and the mission of God's people and the mission of the church. One of my favorite authors, Jay Adams, said not every open door we're supposed to go through because some open doors lead to elevator shafts. (laughs) Some open doors are dangerous. Just because a door is, is open doesn't mean that it's God's will that we go through it. We need to evaluate every open door in accordance with the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the mission of the church. So that's the first lesson from this text. And the second has to do, I think, with the, the the magistrate. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to pray for all of those in authority over us. We are to pray for the magistrates. We are to pray for... Those that have been given authority. We've been told in the scripture that those who have been given authority only have authority because it's been given to them by God. It's been delegated to them by God. God has ordained the state. He has ordained civil authority. He has ordained the magistrates. And he has ordained the magistrates that they might punish evildoers and create the conditions where those who do good might enjoy quiet and peaceable lives. And we are to pray for those in authority over us. That they will exercise that authority in accordance with the the law and the wisdom of God so that evildoers will be punished and those who do good will be able to enjoy quiet and peaceable lives and be able to advance the gospel and make disciples in liberty and in freedom. But the Bible also tells us that uh, all of those magistrates all of those human authorities are sinful we're created in god's image but everybody's sinful and for, and sometimes those magistrates don't do what is right Sometimes those magistrates punish those who do good. Sometimes those magistrates punish those who, who are who are doing right and, and reward those who are doing evil. We saw that in this passage. Who got punished? Paul and Silas. What are they doing? Proclaiming the way of salvation, setting captives free, kicking down the gates of hell and setting captives free and baptizing people in the name of the, the Lord Jesus Christ and leading them to transformation. The magistrates reward the evildoers, the mob that is demanding uh, Uh, demanding that they be punished without due process. Paul and Silas are treated unjustly. Their rights are violated. And how do Paul and Silas respond to the violation of their rights, to being treated unjustly, to being wrongly punished, to being beaten and bloodied and thrown into prison? They respond with prayer and praise. And God responds by vindicating them. And then, and then we also we learn we submit to authority, and, and, and Paul refuses to go through the open door, but he doesn't do it because of his rights. He does it because of what is right. And he does it because of the advancement of the gospel. He knows that if he goes through that open door, if he goes out secretly, that those magistrates might be emboldened to treat other people unjustly. And so we're taught in this passage that as we have opportunity... We need to hold the magistrates to account. We need to hold them to account to doing what is right, to doing justice, and not just believing accusers, but giving the accused due process. And when they are found guilty, punish the evildoers, but if they are found innocent, they should be set free and vindicated. We should, as God's people, demand justice. And use what influence we have, what opportunity we have to influence the magistrate, to punish evildoers, and to create an environment where those who love God and those who do good can enjoy quiet and peaceable lives. We're going to go to the polls in about a month. And we need to use our influence to tell the magistrates to punish evildoers and to create an environment where those who Love God and do good, can live quiet, peaceful lives. We need to use that influence that we have, knowing that the magistrates exercise authority that has been given to them by God. Even Jesus standing before Pilate, when Jesus was standing before Pilate, Pilate was questioning him, he wanted to let him go. He wanted a reason to, 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 to let him go because he knew that he had done nothing wrong. And Jesus refused to answer him, refused to defend himself. And Pilate said, do you not answer me? Don't you know that I have authority over you? I have authority to let you go or to demand that you be crucified. And you know what Jesus said to Pilate? You would have no authority over me unless it were given to you from above. Magistrates have authority, and that authority has been given to them by God. And God has given them authority that they might punish evildoers and create an environment where those who do good can live quiet, peaceable lives. But when they rebel against God's authority, they will give an account. The magistrates have authority, but they answer to God. Their authority has been delegated to them by God. And they will give an account. And Pilate right now is giving an account for the misuse of his authority in hell. And So as we have opportunity, we need to use our influence to encourage those in authority over us to do what is right. To give due process. To not just believe the accusers, but allow the accused due process to offer a defense. And if they're found innocent, let them go. If they're found guilty, then the state bears the sword to punish those who are guilty, to punish evildoers. And those in authority over us will give an account to God for how they use their authority. And we now are called to pray for them, to make intercession for them, that we might live quiet and peaceable lives and that we might be able to live according to our conscience and according to the command of the Lord Jesus to make disciples and evaluate every opportunity, every open door that we have in light of the gospel and the mission of the church. Not every door It's a door we should walk through, but we evaluate every door in light of the gospel and the mission of the church, and we use our influence to tell the magistrates that their authority's been delegated by God, and they need to use that authority to punish evildoers, and so that those who follow God might live quiet and peaceful lives and can advance. gospel and the kingdom of god let's pray together Lord god we thank you for your word and we thank you for the truth of it lord we thank you for how it applies to our lives and to our situation lord and as we're confronted with open doors we pray for wisdom we pray for discernment lord help us to see every opportunity in light of the gospel and in light of the mission that you've given us and the mission that you've given the church Lord, guard us from going through doors just because that's the easy way, that's the the, the way of comfort, the way of convenience, or the way to serve my flesh. May we evaluate doors in accordance with the gospel and the mission of the church. And Lord, we also pray for wisdom as we live under magistrates that often abuse the authority that you've delegated to them. As we live under magistrates who reward those who do evil and punish those who do good and call good evil and call evil good. We pray first that they would not rob us of our joy, the joy of our salvation. But we also pray for wisdom as we have opportunity to use our influence to encourage magistrates to do that which is right and according to your law, according to true justice. And so, Lord, we pray for wisdom as we live under magistrates who often abuse their authority. And, Lord, we pray for their conversion, that you would draw them to yourself and grant them wisdom that only comes from you and from your Holy Spirit. We pray for them, that they would be converted, that they would lead in truth, they would punish evil. And those who seek to follow you might live quiet and peaceable and fruitful lives for the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite you to take your hymnal and turn with me to hymn 350. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, may he make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.